I heard the Lord say, July 14, uh, 2020, just a few weeks ago. I heard the Lord say, for the church to see the change desired, it must partner with Holy Spirit. And then he added this line, it is not an option. On July 21st, 2020, the Lord then said this to me. And he spoke it emphatically. He spoke it so clear. It was like he said it out loud. I will now reintroduce Holy Spirit to the world. He will function in visible leadership of the ecclesia, and visible was emphasized. Visible leadership of the ecclesia in worldwide ways and with explosive power. About five years or so ago, I asked Holy Spirit a question. You know, sometimes people say when they get to heaven, they're going to ask a question. I got a question. I, I chose a while back that I'm just going to ask him now because he knows him now. And I asked Holy Spirit about five years or so ago now, I said, Holy Spirit, why tongues? Why? Why a spirit language? What's the reason behind it beyond people on the day of Pentecost hearing the glorious works of God in their own language? Because the apostles and the ecclesia from then on practiced Speaking in other tongues. Holy Spirit, why tongues? What's the, what's the revelation of heaven behind it? He spoke three words to me that has forever changed me. It, it began a download of revelation that is still going on in this present time. I said, why tongues? What is it about? And he answered me immediately saying, it's governing intercession. It's governing intercession. Those words rang in my spirit. It was like all of me, when I heard those words, began to vibrate with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, with, with, with what heaven was saying. And I thought immediately, of course it is. How in the world did I miss that? How have I not heard that? Of course it is. It's governing intercession. It's about government. Yes, it's about many other things that are beneficial, but it's about government. It's governing intercession of Holy Spirit it's the governing intercession Holy Spirit leads through the heirs of God and the joint heirs with Christ. It's government language of Christ's kingdom on the earth. It's spirit language that helps the king's ecclesia, his New Testament church, rule and reign with him as governing heirs on the earth in this life. Romans 5.17 says, In this life, as, as God has uh, determined, that's one of the vital strategic meanings of tongues. And I begin to see the scriptures uh, about this begin to unfold in the Old and in the New Testament. 
It's part of the restoration of the dominion mandate that God gave to man in Genesis 1, 26, have dominion and subdue the earth. Holy Spirit came to empower the heirs and empower the king's ecclesia to fulfill that mandate. He comes to fill us with his power and with his presence and helps us pray governing prayers in restored spirit language and in the natural language that we have that we pray in Jesus' name. He comes to fulfill Zephaniah 3.9 that describes prayer in heaven's spirit language this way. God says that it is restored, he tells Zephaniah, it is restored language and it's pure prayer. It's restored language and pure prayer that brings the ecclesia into a supernatural unity similar to the unity the Godhead has and puts all our shoulders to the wheel, pushing together for a kingdom cause and battling in spiritual warfare with one united or unanimous consent as Holy Spirit leads. Romans 8, 26 says, Holy Spirit prays through us, getting hold of things together with us. The phrase in the Greek is sunantai lambanamei, and it means he will grab hold, Holy Spirit will grab hold of things together with us in spirit kingdom language, helping us pray governing prayers. Now today, I, I want to focus on Holy Spirit helping us to come against a throne of darkness. A throne of darkness. He helps us overthrow thrones of iniquity. And in fact, we are commanded to overthrow them. He also supplies angel armies to help us do this. In fact, they are keys to helping us do this. Angels are keys to help us remove demon thrones, demonic powers. He does this through praying in spirit language, through prayers in English, or whatever your native language would be, also through rhema words that he makes come, come alive out of the scriptures. Also through prophetic words, teachings, dreams, or visions that, that he gives to us that we are then to decree through our faith. Now listen to a couple of passages I read last week because they are foundations to an amazing doctrine that, that is being reintroduced into our times. The Apostle Paul writes to the kingdom ecclesia in Corinth. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 4, the Amplified. Remember, he's writing to the ecclesia. When you see the word church, to the church in Corinth or Ephesus, wherever, it is always the word ecclesia. So to the church in Corinth, 
For though we walk in, walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Notice there is clearly a war, there is a battle, and there are powers that he expects the ecclesia to overthrow. We certainly see that in our times right now. There are demon thrones operating on the planet that we must overthrow and destroy. The Message Bible reads, Paul who said, I use tongues or spirit language more than all of you, said this. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way, never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. As we saw last week, yes, the Bible says, we are to battle hell's culture. We are to be involved in the culture, not stay out of it. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, which are shouted to us nearly every day. Tearing down barriers erected against God's truth or the truth of God fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ, our tools are ready at hand. In other words, they are present and available. They're at hand. They're right here. We got them. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. So yes, we have weapons designed to clear the land of barriers to God's truth. We have them. Now there are times when Christ instructs the ecclesia, that is to be led by the Holy Spirit, to come against enemy strongholds in their region, in their state, or in their nation. Sometimes he calls us to demolish cultural iniquity. Sometimes there are times when Holy Spirit leads us to overthrow thrones of evil. It is a part of the calling of the ecclesia. But sadly, the church has rejected that and not, uh, not participated in its godly assignment all that much the past few decades. In fact, many preach the opposite. Again, as we said last week, don't worry about the culture. 
Don't, 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 don't worry about society. Leave it alone. Leave warped philosophies alone. Leave the lies alone. Stay in the four walls of the church, although now they say you can't even be in the four walls. Go outside in a tent somewhere. And just deal with spiritual matters. We're not supposed to be involved in cultural matters. But as we saw, then why has God given us spiritual weapons meant to demolish corrupt culture? Why has he given us weapons designed to smash warped philosophies if we're supposed to leave them alone? Why are we given weapons meant to tear down barrier walls to God's truth if we're to leave it alone? Why are we even called an ecclesia of King Jesus on the earth? Why does Holy Spirit pray spirit-governing prayers designed to overthrow it and lead an effort to demolish it? Demolish it. It's demon doctrine to say, don't be involved in societal, cultural, or government matters. It is antichrist doctrine, and far too much of the church has bought it. We are to be declarers of what God says. We are to stand for what God says without compromise. Now, the Apostle Paul also writes to other New Testament churches, ecclesias, Continuing with the same theme, he writes to the Ephesians concerning overthrowing thrones of darkness. And he says in Ephesians 1.26, the ecclesia, the true church, the ruling body, the reigning body of Christ, he says, is to rise and to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Places is plural, and it refers to regions or realms, heavenly realms or heavenly regions that are over us between earth and heaven. And he says very clearly the ecclesia is to sit there. Sit. Notice, please, that a throne is involved, it's to be seated. The church is to be seated with Christ in those realms. A position of power, a position of rule is involved. A, a seat, a seat of a, of a government position seat is involved. A seat of authority. Oftentimes when you speak of someone in government, you will say they have a seat in government. They, they have a seat of authority. That's the idea Paul's presenting. Paul also writes, uh, he writes this to the ecclesia in Colossae. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible or invisible. Please notice what he says. Visible or invisible, whether they be thrones, plural, more than one, many. Thrones or dominions, plural. Principalities, plural. Powers, plural. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him do all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. That's the Greek word ekklesia there, the, the ruling body. He is the head of the ruling body. He's, he's head of the governing body he put on the earth, the ecclesia, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Preeminence simply refers to the highest position of power or authority that there is. Jesus is King of kings, he is Lord of lords, and he has preeminent authority. No one has greater authority than him. His is preeminent. Now notice thrones, plural, it says are created by God. Visible ones and invisible ones. Throne is the Greek word thronos, and it simply means a stately seat of authority. Kings, we know, they sit on thrones. It is a seat of governing authority. And you can see kings today and their government on the earth, all around the world today. They're visible. You can see kings they, they rule their territories. They rule their, their nations. The, they rule with authority. The same is true with dominions. Dominions is curiotes, and it means governing power. Governing power. It means lords or lordship, and it means the one who possesses dominion. Principalities, that is the Greek word arche, and arche means a leader or a ruler or an originator, and it means the active cause of something. And this word arche for principalities can be used for either angels or it can be used for fallen angels, demons. The word powers, that's the Greek word exousia. Exousia means executive power. It means the one with permission to use authority. They have executive power. All of these are visibly seen in the nations of the world today. They are visibly seen governing regions of the earth and governing over nations. And of course, to capture a region or to capture 
a nation to capture the, the territory, you first of all must capture the throne. Now that's not hard to understand because we see that all the time. We've seen it in Libya. We, we've seen it in Crimea. We've seen it in, in Iraq. We've seen it in Syria. It's very vis visible. You can see it. But what about the invisible? What about the heavenly spheres? What about the heavenly regions between earth and heaven that Paul talks about? What about the heavenly places, the heavenly realms? Because clearly it says some thrones and some powers are not visible. They're not visible. Now, that does not mean they are unreal. It just means you cannot see them with your natural eyes. He made thrones visible and invisible. For example, God himself sits on, he sits on the throne of heaven. You can't see that throne right now. You, you can't see it in the natural. But what occurs at that throne, decisions he makes from that throne does affect what happens on the earth. Jesus, he sits on the throne at the right hand of Father God. You, you can't see that throne right now, at least not with your natural eyes, but it is a very real throne and decisions made from that throne does affect things on the earth right now. So you, you can't think imaginary thrones, you must think real thrones, but unseen ones. And you can't think this has nothing to do with affecting things on earth because it most certainly does. And you cannot think it has nothing to do with affecting the culture because it has everything to do with affecting culture. Before man was ever created, there was a battle for God's throne. Lucifer and his angels, dumbest decision any, any uh, one has ever made, Lucifer made it. Lucifer and his angels fought God for the throne of heaven. Again, a very real throne, though we can't see it right now. This battle is described in Isaiah chapter 14 and, of course, in Revelations chapter 12. Lucifer attempted a coup d'etat in heaven. Lucifer and his angels fought, and they fought for God's throne. That's what the battle was over. The battle was, was over who's going to sit on the throne. And we know from the book of Revelations 12 that Michael and his angel armies began to battle Lucifer and his fallen one-third of the angels fell with Lucifer. Michael and his angel army fought with Lucifer and his fallen angels. 
And what was the battle about? The battle was for the throne. The battle was for the throne of heaven. Lucifer, of course, was unsuccessful to say the least. We are told, Jesus said, that I was there and I saw him fall like lightning out of heaven as God threw him out using angel armies. Because God did use angel armies. He had Michael and his division of warriors fight, fight Lucifer and his fallen angels. And we are told by the king, Jesus, they struck like lightning. And there was no room left. They cleared, they cleared the atmosphere of demon forces. They were cleared. But the point is, if, if he would dare attempt to take God's throne, why don't we understand he will attempt to take other thrones? It has been his plan from the beginning, which is happening in the real, the real, not imaginary, real spirit realms in heavenly places or in heavenly spheres right now. His idea has always been to occupy the throne of a territory, to occupy the throne of a nation. He wants his kingdom, his fallen angels, his demons to occupy thrones over regions. Why? To affect the natural throne or government of that region, that territory, or the earth, so that through the natural throne or government of the region, he can battle against Christ and affect the earth with his diabolical schemes, with his thinking, with his laws, with his philosophies, with warped ideologies or warped philosophies that control culture. It's as old as the coup in heaven. Lucifer wants his, his principalities, his powers, his dominions influencing the people on the earth. He wants to do that working through natural peoples on the earth, natural powers on the earth, and natural government on the earth through ideologies and through demon philosophies. He does that so he can empower those who agree. He wants to empower those who agree with his ideology, with his oppressive nature, with his lust for power, which he most certainly dominates him, pride and lust for power dominates Lucifer, with his demon thinking, with his agenda, like abortion. That's why, that's why all you're hearing right now is about abortion, because he's trying to affect the culture. Or the normalizing of the sin of homosexuality, or atheism, or humanism, he wants his kingdom, empowering and promoting that. Demonic thrones have this assignment then. Hinder, confuse, harass, slander, and accuse 
those who stand for Christ on the earth. As Adam and Eve, Lucifer wants his kingdom to present ideas, ideologies, philosophies, thinking, demon thoughts that are not what God says. Why? So he can usurp their authority or take their authority and rule in their place. And so he can oppress the garden, oppress the territory. So he controls the culture with demon ideology. And you are seeing that right in front of your eyes every single day. You won't be gone from the church an hour before you see it. It is evident and plain. It's real. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28 talks about this. And it says, the prince of Tyrus was a man. This is Ezekiel 28. The prince of Tyrus was a man. He ruled the territory or the nation of, of Tyrus. But it says the king of Tyrus was not a man. He was Lucifer himself, according to Ezekiel. Ezekiel named him. It was Lucifer. In other words, from his territorial throne, spiritual realm, spiritual uh, sphere, from his spiritual territorial throne, Lucifer controlled the prince or the king of Tyrus. He controlled the government on the earth of Tyrus. And through that natural government on the earth, the people of Tyrus were oppressed. They were dominated. They were controlled by an evil culture, a massively evil culture that served Baal. And what did Baal do? He sacrificed. He demanded sacrifice of babies. Please understand where we're at, what's taking place. Through natural government of the earth, the people in Tyrus were oppressed. This battle has been raging for centuries now. Hell's kingdom has consistently fought the church for the throne of their regions, for the throne of their territories or nations. It's happening right now all over America. It's happening in every state. The battle is for who controls the throne. That's what this election is about. Who's going to control the throne? What ideology is going to control the culture? And it's time for the church to, to realize what's happening and do what Christ said his church should do, demolished, warped philosophies that control demon culture. Demolish it, bind it, tie it up, cast it down, overthrow it, and loose angels, angels in heaven, onto the earth to assist us. Just as God did when his throne was attacked. We follow his pattern. What did God do when his throne was attacked? He loosed Michael and he loosed his angels to fight and defend his throne. And they did. They won. 
Revelations 12, verse 7 says this, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but were no match for Michael. They were cleared out of heaven. Notice that they were cleared out. They, they, the ground was cleared. The, the territory was cleared. They were cleared out of heaven, not a sign of them left. The great dragon, ancient serpent, the one called devil and Satan, the one who led the whole earth astray, thrown out. And all his angels thrown out with him, thrown down to earth. And now on earth, on earth, it's time for Christ's church to follow his lead do the same thing he did and cast out hell's dominions and powers from territorial thrones in their region, we are commanded, clear the ground of them. Clear, clear the ground of them. Clear them. You got angels to help you. It's time to displace hell's kingdom princes. It's time to overthrow them and demolish them, he says. There's a destruction involved. Don't just throw them out, destroy them. Someone thrown out could come back. Throw them out and demolish them. Now we have weapons to throw them out and demolish them. It's time to displace hell's kingdom and loose with our decrees, loose with our decrees, angel armies that have been freely and willingly uh, and graciously given to us by the Holy Spirit. Loose with our decrees of God's word. Angel armies who come alongside of us to what? Cleanse the heavens. Clear it. Clear the heavens of territorial demons. Clear the heavens of principalities and powers, mights and dominions of darkness. Clear the the area, clear the heavens over us of thrones of darkness, demons of darkness, thrones of iniquity, demons of iniquity. It's an assignment that we are told the Lord of hosts, that is Lord Sabaoth, one of, one of the names of the Holy Spirit, remember, is Lord Sabaoth. That's the Lord of angel armies. And one of the ways he is being introduced or reintroduced right now on this earth is the Lord of angel armies. Holy Spirit's going to be seen visibly as the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 9, 6 says the zeal of Lord Sabaoth will perform this. He will pray prayers through us he will pray governing prayers through us. And the fiery passion of who Holy Spirit really is will perform this. He's going to be visibly seen performing this. Perform is the Hebrew word asaya. Asaya. And it, it's actually a phrase meaning to make war. Asaya, to make war. Holy Spirit, Lord Sabio says, Asaya, 
angel armies make war alongside of the king's heir and expand my kingdom and clear the land of territorial demon thrones. Clear them out. Overthrowing thrones of iniquity. Destroying thrones of darkness. Destroying ma massive cultural thrones of evil. Angel armies. Lord Sabio says, Lord of angel armies, assist the ecclesias to sit in governing authority over their regions. To sit in governing authority over their nation. Influencing that region, influencing that nation. Or a better word is discipling. Matthew chapter 28, we're to disciple the nations with the gospel of the kingdom. It's one of the ways Holy Spirit performs this. He does it through praying through us with spirit language, government language. He prays, drawing us into unity, as we saw last week. He draws into unity the remnant warriors. With prayer in the spirit, he draws us into unity, putting all our shoulders to the wheel. It's pure prayer. It's, it's governing intercession. It's creative, it's creative power language. It's prayer that agrees with heaven. It's prayer that activates angel armies. See, the ecclesia right now, it is so strategic. We must learn to use the smashing power of spirit language. Hell is scared to death. We're going to learn this. The true ecclesia must use the smashing power of spirit language. It must use the demolishing power of the Holy Spirit and his restored spirit language. It must use this powerful God tool, this powerful God weapon, and led by Holy Spirit, demolish evil cultural. Uh, evil culture, clear it from the land. If there was an, ever a nation that had an evil culture that had to be removed or cleared from the land, you're living in one. And the only hope is whether or not the ecclesia will rise and use its authority and clear the land. It must use the weapons of our spiritual kingdom and tear down systems of evil. Call it deep state, call it whatever you want. Systems of evil that obstruct truth. When you come against truth obstruction, the scriptures that we read said, you have been given weapons to clear the land of that obstruction to truth. We have authority to do this. We have the backing of the Holy Spirit and his power to do it. And we have angel armies to help us do it. Holy Spirit's power, his anointing upon us, which is now going to grow. It's going to increase after May 31st. We know a new era of Pentecost is beginning. His weapons, his, his prayer and decrees through us in natural language and in spirit language there are vital keys that must be engaged right now. And God says it's not an option. It's not an option. 
amazingly, according to King Jesus in John 16, 7, he said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, which that's the King James way of saying it, it's better said spirit language. We understand it's governing language. At least most or some of us do. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in spirit language, Jesus said, gives us the advantage. It gives us the advantage when in spiritual warfare or in natural warfare, either one actually. It gives us the advantage in cultural warfare. We are not we are not in, to engage in a cultural warfare battle that we cannot win. No, we have the advantage, but we must use that advantage. It gives us the advantage in societal warfare, but we've got to use it. It gives us the advantage against antichrist agendas. It gives us the advantage against natural government's actions that become obstacles to God's kingdom government on the earth. And again, that's so easy to see. Our natural government's actions locally, statewide, and nationally have, have become obstructions to the kingdom of God on the earth. And we've got to clear that using the weapons of our warfare that are not natural. If we fight this in the natural, we won't win. If we fight this in the spirit realm, we can't lose. It's time to get smart. It's time to engage with superior power, superior authority. It's time to activate what God activated, the armies of God. If you battle your adversary with your natural mouth, you lose. If you battle it with decrees of faith, you win. We got to get it right. It activates angel armies to help us prevail. And it is time to do some prevailing. That's why Holy Spirit, these last few weeks and probably throughout the fall, he is reintroducing. The Lord is insistent. Church, ecclesia, understand this, engage this, and you'll change everything. It's time for us to understand the real power, the real authority that we have and stop using it to get a new car or whatever. Or a new house. Forget about it. God will give you a favor, he'll give it to you. It's time for the ecclesia to take on the mantle King Jesus placed upon it and the calling to take upon itself the calling of King Jesus and rule in the midst of its enemies. It's time to be the true ecclesia and clear the land of an evil culture and clear the heavens of demonic thrones. Singers and musicians, come please. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Stand if you would, please. Lord, the government of God is on this earth for a reason. Help us understand that, that reason.
help us to understand what you are all about and the calling you placed upon us, not just us here, but the New Testament church, the ecclesia throughout America, throughout the world, everyone listening around the world today, a part of a kingdom. And we need to engage right now, engage in such a way that we begin to clear the land of demonic thrones. And as a representative today, we engage ourselves in declaration. I engage myself in a declaration of faith. But Lord, let it be picked up by ecclesias around the nation and the world. Let there come that supernatural oneness of unanimous consent in this declaration. And let there be the activation of angel armies to do what you said they would do, clear. Clear the obstacles, clear the thrones. So that the ecclesia rises to sit in governing power in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> and so today, in the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I declare the effort of the kingdom of God against cultural, demonic, warped philosophies. We bind you in the name of Jesus and we clear the land of your ideologies or anyone behind it. Your resources dry up in Jesus' name. We come against the powers of hell sitting in government thrones. You have no permission to be there. Holy Spirit, Lord Sabaoth, hear the decrees of your church and release angel armies to overthrow that throne and destroy it. Destroy those powers of hell over Washington, D.C. We come against those lying doctrines of demons seeking to influence the culture of America and the world and oppress it. Come against the truth of the church, the true ecclesia. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke you in the name of the Lord of hosts, understanding we have authority to do this. We have the weapons to do this. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. And we have angel armies to enforce this. And we declare the ecclesia will begin to rise by the power of the Holy Spirit and sit over Ohio in governing authority. Sit over Indiana in governing authority. Sit over Illinois in governing authority. Sit over all the states in governing authority. Sit over Washington, D.C. in governing authority. Sit over the nations of the world in governing authority. May it rise up and fulfill the teaching of the apostles in Corinth and in Colossae and in Ephesus to sit on the throne, the territory of the region and the influence of the kingdom of God and the gospel of, the, of Jesus Christ begin to influence the culture with the true ideology of the kingdom of Almighty God. We bind the archaic 
those fallen demon spirits that followed Lucifer. You will not sit in government over us in Jesus' name. And those that you anoint in the natural government to influence us, we command in Jesus' name the covers to be pulled off of them and we rebuke the power behind you and we say to you, you will not govern us. We resist that in Jesus' name. And we say from the government of heaven, the government of Almighty God, the, the ecclesia seated in heavenly places, Holy Spirit will begin to anoint powers government power that influences in righteousness that gives us godly leaders we rise Lord and ask that revelation and enlightenment would come to the churches of America to see the principles of your word and to understand the revelation of true authority and government to understand the governing decrees that we are to make and to pray in spirit language, activating the influence of the kingdom of God that begins to clean the heavens and begins to clean the earth so that the heavens and the earth align with the third heaven, your heaven, O oh God. We declare that in Jesus' name. May the intercessors rise and begin their governing decrees in spirit language and in natural language. Let it be in Jesus' name. 